For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome in to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're really easy to find on any of your favorite social media platforms where you love to waste time. Uh, and it's not time wasted if you're finding some good info for your bets this weekend. And also tonight, we've also got some great uh, midweek action. We've got Monday Night Football. We've also got wildcard games for baseball. Some fun stuff to bet on. Uh, in today's show, we're delving into NFL, the opening line reports, some of the suspensions and injuries that have caused some of those lines to move. And also the same thing for college football, opening line reports there. Uh, MLB, diving into the wildcard games. The A's and the Rays in the American League, and also in the National League, the Nationals and the Brewers. And then finally, we're wrapping it up with college football, Temple ECU, UCF Cincinnati, and also Iowa at Michigan. And if I haven't mentioned yet, I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. Uh, normally I say that at the top of the show, but I was so excited to dive in to this Monday slate of all things betting that I got a little carried away. Uh, it was a great weekend for your girl in NFL, 6-0 on NFL bets. Uh, but I started off a little shaky when it came to college football. I will tell you there's nothing more frustrating than yelling at the screen at college kids that are just ruining a lot of your bets. <laughs> I picked Maryland, which was a terrible pick. And then I also picked Cal, uh, which was looking good until their quarterback got hurt. Their backup came in and could not complete a pass. <sighs> backup quarterbacks have been a big story uh, in the NFL and also college football. It's been such a mixed bag because some of these guys have come in and really performed really well. We've seen Gardner Minshew come in and thread the needle to some of these receivers. And he won me some money. The NFL, the Jags. Nice little win on Sunday. But we're diving into all of these things on this Monday afternoon. When we get back from the break, we're talking opening line reports for both the NFL and college football and also a little Monday Night Football. Stick with us after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. And welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger, on this fine Monday afternoon. And right now, we've got Craig Trapp joining us. You gonna do the, the Chris Collinsworth slide-in? <laughs> hey, I had one worse than you. You said you had the, uh, bad the Maryland pick on, game. Well, I had Virginia Tech. And when you turn it on at the end of the first quarter and you know it's oh, a ball game, man. it's like, Okay, what time did the game start on Saturday? <laughs> it's like I know. 12 hours left. That's the thing. Sometimes, you know, college football is a little unpredictable. Well, all sports can be unpredictable, but college football, college basketball, these college kids, it's... It's, it's maddening. It, at times. I shouldn't be yelling at like 18 to 22-year-olds. Right. But <laughs> I do. Yeah, well, think about it. If you have Clemson and they almost lose outright to, to North Carolina, I mean, 
What a weekend. And also, big upset weekend. And if you like the dogs this week in NFL, NFL. you did you did really well. You did right. extremely well. So uh, had a decent weekend, but uh, looking forward to put that one behind me and move on to uh, a big week. Week five in the NFL, week six in college football. And I think this week could be a hidden nice uh, gems as far as games on NFL. All right, so let's dive into this opening line report for the NFL for this week, Craig Trapp. Uh, going for us, let's talk about some of these injuries because we've, as we've seen, quarterback injuries have really moved some of these lines significantly. Yeah, big time. I mean, the backup quarterbacks have been the story of the last few weeks. We're going to get even more this week. Of course, Haskins going to be going for Washington. That line um, with, with the Patriots not looking good at the Bills. I mean, they looked good early and then didn't score any rest of the game. That line's moved from 13 to 16. So the Patriots are a 16-point favorite on the road in Washington. Uh, with, of course, uh, Gruden on the hot seat there in Washington. Well, and Dwayne Haskins threw three interceptions, and he didn't even play the whole game. He's lucky. <laughs> <laughs> he could have he really went for more. Uh, Redskins have just been a dumpster fire. And, and I the Patriots' defense is really good. Oh, they're, they're excellent. Uh, Buffalo did not play well on offense, but the defense was good. Um, interested to see kind of how that game that line moves. I could see that line going all the way up to 17. Uh, so if you like the Patriots in the 16 now, you better get in on it. I think this was the first week that the Patriots had allowed a, a touchdown since last season, which was crazy. Uh, obviously, Josh Allen is hard to stop sometimes, but uh, that's another injury. Josh Allen uh, in the concussion protocol now after taking a big hit against the Patriots. Has that line moved? Yeah, any? Bills at Titans this week. So we got Chelsea's uh, Marcus Mariota look good this week. Who knows? Tennessee is the Never most unpredictable. Never know what you're going to get with them. Uh, the line has went from uh, they were favored at one. Now it's three. So if you do like the Bills, um, I would get in on it now. I do think Josh Allen looks like uh, you know you never know in the concussion protocol, but it does sound like he will probably uh, get to go this one. But this line might um, drop if that that news comes out. So if you like the Bills, I would get in on that one. Uh, but Tennessee at, at at the time we're taping this, is a three-point favorite there. And the Titans give back Taylor Lewan, who's been suspended for the four, first four games of the season. He's the left tackle. Uh, I think it's the left tackle. He's an offensive yes. tackle for the Titans. He's protecting uh, Marcus Mariota, so that's a big get for the Titans. And hopefully they can give Mariota a little more protection when he's back. Yeah, the other uh, big quarterback, of course, Chase Daniels, going to be starting for Trubisky this week. That line has went Bears at the Raiders. The lines moved from minus six um, with the Chicago Bears to now minus four and a half, which is kind of surprising because that Bears defense has been unbelievable. And Chase Daniels looked really good. Um, I think this might be one that you <laughs> Trubisky might not get that starting job back if Chase Daniels continues this. Right. Sometimes these line moves, uh, these lines move, even though the starting quarterback hasn't been doing that well. We saw it with, um, who was it, uh, Sam Darnold. And also with uh, the, the Carolina Panthers, mm -hmm. Cam Newton uh, hadn't, hadn't looked good. And now, no. of course, Carolina. I think it's almost an upgrade. Yes. At, at times, you know, you just have to, but it's, it's a public perception thing. And, you know, you also have a recency bias. You know, sometimes when you, a team comes off a really good mm -hmm. performance, you can see that line move. Um, similar to, I'm surprised this one, the Bucks at the Saints. The Saints were favored by six and a half. Of course, Teddy Bridgewater's two and zero oh, uh, since Drew Brees went down. Now they're only favored by four. I think that has a lot to do with the recency bias because, of course, Tampa Bay looked really good with putting up uh, sixty points at a hot LA Rams team before that. Right. Even though that goes, it's almost the opposite of your trend. Sometimes we talk about going uh, east 
to West Coast to East Coast yeah. is a lot harder, uh, but the Bucks were going, you know, the other direction. T tough back-to-back -back spot when you have to play in L.A., then you're, they're going to go back to Tampa and then have to travel to, you know, we've seen a very hot Saints right. team. The Saints have looked as good the last two weeks as really what we really expected New Orleans to look like all right. year uh, since Drew Brees. Not saying they're better without Drew Brees, no. and he'll be back soon, but... Uh, They've but they've been good. good for betters. They've covered. They've covered both games as an outright underdog. Now they're a four-point favorite uh, this week. The other recency bias, I think, um, a little bit as the Colts at the Chiefs. Uh, a lot of people just think how good this offense has looked at Kansas City, but, I mean, they really had to uh, work hard to get that win last week. Eight and a half, we saw that opening line. Now it's all the way up double digits, ten and a half. So a Colts team that's looked really good. And, then uh, you know, I think the Colts are – one of those sneaky teams, just because ever since Andrew Luck went out or announced his retirement, we've kind of written the Colts off. But now you look, the Colts are in there in the fight for that division in the South. All right, let's move on to the college football opening line report with Craig Trapp still here, still giving us some good info. We talked about recency bias a little bit in our NFL segment. Now let's carry it over to college football because that seems to be the main factor with uh, some of these lines moving. Yeah, like Georgia. Georgia's looked amazing uh, at times this year, and Tennessee has not looked good. We see that line um, started open at 22, now 25. Also, Auburn at Florida. Auburn has looked very good right uh, they've favorite. got a case to be a top five team in the country if, if they win this game this is their toughest game i think because it's uh, auburn at florida it was open as a pick now auburn's favored by three the other big one would of course be ohio state they've got michigan state a very good defense this week 17 was the opening number at ohio state this week it's 20 now i know coach day in ohio state has looked really good we liked them last week we talked about it on the show but man, 20 points against, against West Michigan, Michigan State, State defense. defense. And, right. and, and an experienced quarterback. Uh, you remember D'Antonio uh, was the defensive coordinator back there when they won the championship way back. So, I mean, he knows about Ohio State football. That's an interesting uh, matchup. The other one um, that's probably a big, the biggest line movement of the week is more because of Purdue's quarterback at Purdue at Penn State. Line open at 16 and a half. It is 27 and a half now. So that's laying some wood. But uh, like you said, Penn State. Took it to Maryland this week, so I think that might have a little bit of the recency bias on top of injury uh, to the Purdue quarterback. Right. Were there any other games you think people are overreacting to? Because I know Texas A&M, we talked about this before the show, uh, Texas A&M almost lost to Arkansas, a team that has not looked good. But... Well, I think the Virginia Tech looking so bad in a primetime game on Friday, that line has moved from eight. And, or Virginia Tech at Miami. Miami opened at eight and a half. It's 13 and a half now. Um, Miami hasn't looked a whole lot better this year, so I'm kind of surprised that moved past uh, the key number of, of 10, but uh, 13 and a half. So, I mean, I guess if, you, if you're going to take Virginia Tech, you probably should wait on this one because I have a feeling it will go past the key number of 14, and uh, I won't be laying my money anytime on Virginia Tech after, <laughs> after, after this week. But if you, if you are a better and you want to play Virginia Tech, I would wait on that one. Uh, the other one, uh, Georgia Tech has looked so bad this year. North Carolina, of course, looked extremely good. Probably should have been. I knew they could Clemson. move the football. I think that was unbelievable. That I don't. We'll find out this week because you can have a big letdown after almost winning. Seven and a half was the opening number on the road for North Carolina. Now it's at ten. Um, so Georgia Tech has been really bad. I mean. Temple took it to them last well, week. Well, because Georgia Tech is switching offenses. They were that triple option for yep. the longest time, and now they're trying to run something that's not a triple option with players that have been recruited to run the triple option, as we've seen. 
Right. That's hasn't a, been good. That's a, a really tough move. And on top of it, they haven't been good defensively for many years. So now, not only are you not good defensively, you can't control the ball. And, man, they are just terrible. Might be the worst team in all of Power 5. And I, I was pretty surprised. Uh, I, I, I like Temple. Uh, this week, but that one was extra bad. So exciting week in college football this week, uh, but also the number one and two teams are out, are, are on buys this week. So both Alabama and Clemson off this week. And we're getting to the point in the season where some of these teams can't sneak up on people. SMU is now 5-0. and So right. I think we'll see that in some of the lines, and they're not going to be uh, this easy bet that they have been. Yeah, I, I, we didn't mention it, but there's uh, Cincinnati – uh, or I'm sorry, South Florida this week, there was a big line movement in that game as well. And weekday game uh, of uh, Cincinnati-Central Florida is a key matchup this week. I think that line will move come closer to game time. All right, that's our college football opening line report uh, with Craig Trapp. We're back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio with some MLB wild card action back after the break. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're really easy to find. Usually the first thing that pops up. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger. It's just my name. It's my handle. And right now we've got Sean Higgs joining us to talk a little baseball. Hello, Sean. Well, hello, Miss Chelsea. How are you today? <laughs> Doing good. All right, so it's fun when we have some postseason games in baseball because as of late, I guess the past 162 games, a lot of these games by themselves have not been quite as meaningful. So now the real fun starts. Let's start with these wild card games. Uh, this Brewers-Nationals game, I believe is on Tuesday or is it Wednesday? No, you're right. It's tomorrow's game. Brewers and the Nats. And finally, some meaningful baseball. It just seems like that last month dragged down with the way uh, a lot of these teams mailed it in. But good matchup here. We got the Nats as a uh, about 175, 180 favorite over the Brewers. And let's be honest, Charles, who thought after losing Yellow these guys are going to run off and win 18 to 20 to get here? Right. And I would imagine the Nationals are big favorites in this one because they are at home and because they have Max Scherzer on the mound, who not only has been really good this season, 11 and 7 with a 2.92 ERA, he also has postseason experience. And that's something that the Brewers, you know, they don't have quite as much of when it comes to Brandon Woodruff, who's 11 and 2 with a 3.62 ERA. He does have 143 strikeouts and 121 innings pitched, which is a good number, but it's hard to go against Max Scherzer. Well, you know, real fast, Woodruff. Woodruff, the Milwaukee, eighteen and four with this guy on the hill. So, they they won some games with him, but again, he's off an oblique injury. Two starts back under his belt. I don't know how many innings he's going to go. You know, let's be honest. They got Hader at the end of the bullpen. In between, like ninety-nine percent of baseball teams, the bullpen is a crapshoot. Who's hot? Who's throwing the ball well? I, I'm actually thinking Jordan Lyles, since coming over from. Uh, the Pirates did not trade. He's been pretty good, so I'm, yeah, he's I'm, been I'm sure we'll see sure. him. Yeah, he's been excellent, so I'm sure we'll see him at some point tomorrow. But getting to Scherzer, how about his team's 5-11, and 11, and the Nats 0-4 with a record with him on the hill. Now, listen, we've seen some aces. We know Kershaw has had problems in, in the postseason. Some pitchers do good, some do bad. It is what it is. He still has a 203 batting average against, which says guys are not really hitting him too much. You know, so it's um, as much as, listen, I like Scherzer. I know it's a big number. 
Run line's 116. It's something I'm definitely going to look at. He looks healthy. Uh, Double-digit Ks in his last two starts coming into this start. I mean, I don't know. I Milwaukee, it's a great story. But I think the Nats, finally with no pressure. Now, I mean, people expect them to win the division and stuff. They got him, Strasburg, Corbin, uh, Rendon, Soto. They got players and all this stuff. But now the pressure's not on them. The, the Braves are the NL East champs. The Dodgers are the odds-on favorite to win the National League. Maybe this is the time to shine for them because, you know, they don't have the target on their backs. They're the hunter as opposed to the hunted. Right. And what's interesting with some of these wild card games is, as you mentioned, we can see some of these starters come in and throw out of the bullpen, which, yeah. as you mentioned, the Nationals have one of the better rotations in baseball with Patrick Corbin and Strasburg. So, I don't know. I just think when you're using uh, everything but the kitchen sink – when it comes to pitchers, I think the Nationals have the edge. I don't like laying 175, but yeah, I is there any I way to take the Brewers in this one? I just, I'm not seeing it. I don't think their bullpen's well, nearly as good as they were last year. Yeah, no, I definitely don't think the bullpen's as good. And and the, 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 the hitters here, I'm looking, no regular is hitting, other than Ryan Braun, because Yelk's gone, no one's hitting over 260 in that lineup. Right, Christian so Yelk was a big, big loss for them. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, and on the other side, dude, the Nationals, let's be honest, Annabelle Sanchez, their fourth starter, he could easily be the ace or the, the, the 1A on this Milwaukee team, and he might not even get in. He might be starting, you know, if they win tomorrow, he's starting against the Dodgers. And you got to the Nationals have a chance because the guy's been pretty decent. Uh, I just think, listen, the 180 is a lot, but if I'm bringing in guys like Corbin, who's been unhittable at home, he's got great home numbers here. The odds are just in their favor. I mean, you can make the argument saying, hey, the Brewers, 18 and 20, playing with house money. They're pumped up. They're excited. They're this and that. I guess you could take that angle, take back 160. But I don't know. I just like the Nets. The, again, they're not the, the favorites. They've always been the favorite. They have a huge payroll with, the, with their starting pitchers, and they've been expected to win. They've missed playoffs. Guys get hurt. Well, here well, we are. Well, they don't have Bryce Harper anymore either. Yeah. And listen, I think Soto's so better than a Bryce off. Harper. will be down on. Yeah, uh, but I mean, he's got the. I mean, I guess Bryce brought the spotlight, but I don't know. I think when you're paying these two hundred million dollar contracts for these starting pitchers, that brings a lot of heat on you too, as well. Right, but I think starting pitching is very, very important, as I think we'll see in this postseason. Uh, but let's look at the total real quick. It's seven and a half. Is that worth a look? Uh, I could, yeah, I could see some, I could see some run scored here because historically, listen, Scherzer's going to give up two or three runs in the playoffs here, and I think on the other side, the Brewers, you got a soft underbelly, and you got some guys who could hit. I mean, uh, I, listen, I think Rendon should get some MVP consideration, but they just got a veteran lineup. I mean, Harry Kendrick, I'm looking, 120 games, got hit 344. Like who? That's crazy. Like, I wouldn't expect this guy hit 344. They got a lot of veterans on there. You got, like, Matt Adams. Zimmerman's been there a long time. So, I'm, if, if you want a, t a total side, I'll probably lean towards the over. Because believe it or not, I don't think Scherzer's going eight and giving up zero runs. I think he'll give up a run or two just based on – that's baseball. Somebody's going to get a hold of one. There's going to be a home run somewhere. Right. But I definitely think the Nats are going to hit a, whoever comes in this game. I mean, Woodruff – Whatever, he had a nice numbers, but I don't know. I, I don't think he's holding his lineup in check. I mean, the Nationals could hit. Right. 
Okay, let's move on to the American League wildcard matchup between the Rays and the A's. This one is on Wednesday, October 2nd. The A's have not named a starter yet. It's either going to be Sean Mania or Mike Fires, more than likely. Nice. Uh, last season, they went with Liam Hendricks as an opener against the Yankees, and that did not fare well. Uh, granted, Liam Hendricks is a different pitcher this year. Uh, he's been lights out. But yeah. uh, Charlie Morton is going for the Rays, and that's why I think – it's tough to pick against the Rays because Charlie Morton is a bona fide ace for the Rays, a 16 and 6, 305 ERA, and he does have two appearances against the A's this season: seven shutouts, six and a third, one run. So those those are good numbers. You all right over there? <laughs> yeah, a little cough. Still, still recovering from my allergies. You know what's the worst about this game is you got these low payroll guys playing each other. Like, why can't I'd love to see one of these teams? Instead of playing a wild card round, have them face the Yanks. Have them face the uh, the big bad Astros. Well, they will next. Carolina. I know, but just to face them off to each other. I mean, these are two teams I like. Two teams we made money on this year. A's with 52 home wins. Uh, the 140. Listen, I think they're going to have Manai out there because uh, Fires. He's been as good as the numbers were up till about mid-August. He's kind of hit a, a bump. Right. You know, maybe he's a little tired. So uh, listen, Manai and his five starts. Four wins and a 120 ERA. That's the guy you want to send out here in this game. Or uh, we can see him both, think, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But, I mean, send me Manaya first. I, I'm not sure. I didn't check for his rest the last time he pitched. If, who's the, I think Fires just pitched the last game or two, second last game. So I don't know if he'll be ready. To, you know, he'll come in as a, the second guy. I think Manaya should get the start. Yeah. Um, it, I, I mean, more anything could have to have the edge based on the starters here. You know, the bullpens, again, you got – Ah, they're kind of equalish, I think. I was about to say, it's, it's almost crazy how similar these two teams are. They're both low yeah. payroll teams. They're both teams that don't really get the spotlight, but yet they seem to knock off these big teams consistently, which no matter who wins, it'll be a really interesting matchup uh, against the Astros in the next round. Oh, yeah, and listen, we saw Oakland play Houston pretty good just a couple weeks ago in, in Houston. So, hey, listen, I'm... I, don't, I, I like Tampa. I always have a little sauce out for them, but I don't know. I got to lean Oakland. I think um, Manaya is going to give them a good outing. And I'm looking at their power. Dude, Chapman, Olsen, Seaman, uh, Chris Davis, Pro 4. I can't even pronounce this one guy's name. Lavarano. I don't even know. He's got 20 homers. Laureano. Like seven guys with Is it Ramon Laureano? Yes, Laureano. He's really good defensively, too. You know, they just got a lot of power, more power than Tampa. So, again, we're in the, the age of the, 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 the juice ball. Morton's giving up some home runs. I don't well, know. the Tampa A's could, ballpark could, isn't exactly hitter-friendly, though. It does have a big yard. Yeah, but these guys hit, hit some balls, though, man. I don't know. I mean, you're telling me they're hitting 200 home runs all on the road? I don't know. I, I'm going to take the A's here. Uh, 142, I, I'd say run line, but I think this is going to be like a close game. I could see this game being like a 5-4 type game. I think we see some runs. So maybe over as our best play here to 7.5. I think we see more runs than a, than a total shutout going on. Right. I'm really interested to watch this, this one. Uh, this is probably one I wouldn't bet just because I want to watch it. Uh, I think the next round for me is when I'll be laying some money. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't know. And, They're and, so similar. Listen, it's hard to pick one. It is. I just, you know, the, the way Manaya's pitching, though, I'm on him right here. And if they get fire second half, or 
the second half of the game, I should say, if he comes right. in middle <laughs> comes innings, in whatever the case may be. <laughs> you know, but I, I don't know. He's either banged up or he's just tired because he threw out his first start of the year and everything in between, he was like the top pitcher in baseball. I mean, the numbers right. were there. He was a top, top two or three guy. Even though I don't board. think anybody's tired when it comes to the postseason. No, but, I mean, you're hurt, you're hurt. You're going to go out there. I mean, you saw him lose 7-2 last year. You could send a guy out there who's injured. He's going to want to do something for the team. Well, it's going to blow up in your face. So, I don't know. We'll take Oakland here, and we'd like the over. And one more note, Mania's actually been uh, really good, good against lefties, and the Rays do have some of their best hitters uh, as left-handed hitters. So that's one more stat to digest. In our Always favor. good stuff that's from in our favor, uh, Sean Higgs. Sean, thanks for coming on. Uh, we're back after the break, so. talking a little football on Picks and Parlays Radio after the break. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me here every day, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern, and also on Twitter, at Chelsea Messenger is my handle. And right now, we're going to dive into some college football with Tony T. Hello, Tony. Good afternoon, Chelsea. Yes, ready to talk some college football. You know, uh, rapid fire, I'm 5 and 1 ATS. Premium, not so hot, but I was really upset, Chelsea, with that Virginia game, giving up those defensive and special team touchdowns to Notre Dame. I thought that was a spot for Virginia to cover, at least at that one. <laughs> I know. It's tough when you lose them like that. Uh, let's move on to this week's slate. Let's start with Temple. And ECU, Temple is favored by 12 in this one. Total sits at 48. Temple is coming off that win over Georgia Tech, which is a team, you know, I'd take that with a grain of salt because Georgia Tech's offense has not looked good at all this season coming from a triple option offense. Moving to an offense uh, that's not a triple option with, with players that were recruited to run the triple option has spelled disaster for them. And then ECU has only won against FCS opponents. And their two L's have come to NC State and Navy. What do you see in this one? Yeah, Chelsea, we got the line here. You said uh, Temple laying 12 on the road, total of 48. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take the underdog, East Carolina, plus the 12. Uh, I was concerned here with the Owls road game. Uh, Temple going to a rebuilding Buffalo Bulls team. Remember, Tyree Jackson was the quarterback last year for the Bulls. He's left the program. I think he was trying to get onto the Buffalo Bills practice squad and from the Mac and they were beating soundly 38 to 22 and it was a sloppy loss for Temple giving up four turnovers and defeat but really the issue I have here with the Owls uh, Chelsea is uh, quarterback Anthony Russo he's just not accurate look at his look at his uh, completion rate in, against FBS opponents 54% against Maryland 49% completion rate against Buffalo 41% against a restructuring Georgia Tech team so I'd have to look here at the East Carolina side uh, what do we see when it comes to ECU? I don't know a whole lot about them, so fill me in. <laughs> yeah, East Carolina, for the longest, has been a doormat school, but they've started to show some improvement. It's, it's really coming from the defense, and they're really good at stopping the run. Uh, they, they held the Old Dominion to just to 80 yards rushing on 42 attempts, and the Owls, they're not running the football very well, only 3.9 yards per attempt. Uh, Pirates, they're an experienced team. They've got the quarterback back from last year, seven starters back on offense and defense. And uh, I like the spot here for them because Temple is not running the ball effectively. And again, Russo is just not accurate enough in this spot. So I, I'll take the 12. I will say one fun fact about ECU. They did beat NC State when Russell Wilson was the quarterback because I was in school. And I remember watching that game 
and just shaking my head. That was a bad loss for us. Uh, but moving on, let's go to UCF and Cincinnati. UCF is favored minus five in this one. Total sits at 60. What are your opening thoughts uh, kind of on the line in this game? Yeah, we're seeing line here move it. Uh, it opened one and a half. It's ballooned up to five. We're seeing some four and a half someplace. But I'll take the, I'll take the five with Cincinnati here. The total sits at 60. Now, US, UCF, they piled up wins in FCS school in Fort A&M. They beat Fort Atlantic. Then they beat a down Stanford team who was in a really bad spot. Then they faced a doormat in UConn where they gave up 21 points in victory. Now we look at their only road game. It was a step-up performance against the Knights, I should say. It's their only road step-up game. If I need to qualify that. Uh, they, beat, they got beaten by Pitt. And uh, they allowed an offensively challenged Panthers team. 35 points. Remember, UCF lost a lot from their defense from a year ago. Uh, uh, they're giving up, uh, they give up nearly 200 yards on the ground and nearly 5.5 yards per rush average against that Pitt uh, offense. And... Uh, Pitt also completed three touchdown passes. So uh, I'll have to look here at the home underdog in this one, Chelsea. Do you think UCF is getting too much credit these days? Because I know they were favored by, I want to say, 40 points against UConn, and they didn't cover. Yeah, they're getting a lot of credit. But when you look at UCF, this is a program that's a little different than, than the past. Uh, they only returned five starters to their defense. Remember, they were a really solid defensive team. And their quarterback, Mackenzie Milton, well, he's not playing. Remember, he suffered that right. knee injury. And they're going with the with the uh, freshman Dylan Gabriel, and uh, you know Gabriel in that game in his road game against Pitt threw two picks, and now he sees a very strong defensive team here in Cincinnati. So I was a little concerned here with the way UCF looked on the road in that Pitt game. Of course, Cincinnati, we know. Listen, I know they lost to Ohio State, but listen, Ohio State's making a lot of teams look bad, and uh, I, I like say. this. I like <laughs> yeah. this Bearcats team at home, especially under the bright lights here. I think they'll be up for this one. That's why, you know, when you're taking when you're taking these type of points, you know, they don't have to win. I mean, especially when you're playing when you have a game with a defensive team like the Bearcats, the game could land 28-24, you know, 28-23, uh, uh, you know, with the Bearcats are winning there. But I'm just saying is that a game can land three or four and you win no matter who wins when you take five. Right. And I think, as you mentioned, looking back in retrospect, I don't think that loss to Ohio State looks nearly as bad for Cincinnati. And conversely, conversely for UCF, their win over Stanford. I think Stanford, the travel got to them, and it's not a Stanford team that has produced to the level that people were expecting. Yeah, they definitely aren't. Of course, they have some quarterback issues there as well with, Stan with Stanford. But when we look at Cincinnati, they're 11-win team from last year. And I you got to respect that win. Last Marshall is not a doormat. Marshall was a pretty good team from Conference USA. They went over there and won 52-14. to 14. And, uh, of course, the Bearcats, as we said, they are experienced. And uh, I, I really respect that uh, Bearcats team. All right, let's move on to a big one, at least, um, you know, for Michigan. They need some big wins uh, to kind of right the ship, I would say. Uh, Iowa and Michigan facing off Iowa as the dog in this one at plus four and a half. Total sits at 47 and a half. Do you think uh, Michigan looks a little better in this one? Well, you know, this is a tough game here. Michigan, as you usually expect, they went in and they bullied a bad Rutgers team. Now they're facing a good defensive team in Iowa. Jess, I really look at this being as a grinding game. I, I think we're going to see a, a result of a field goal or less in this one. That's why I like to take the points here. Iowa plus the four and a half. You know, they do enter play a perfect four and oh. They did have that dominating home win against Middle State, but really stands out was Iowa's win on the road to Iowa State. Now, Iowa State had circled this game because, uh, you know, everyone had touted Iowa State as a team from the Big 12 to, to really make a run here. 
and they really took away their momentum by going over there. Yes, there was some weather delays. They had to deal with that as well, but Iowa was able to escape that with the victory. And when you look at Iowa, they are moving the football 465 yards per game. They have balance. They're rushing, they're running for 5.2 yards carry, and they have a senior quarterback who, who's accurate, Nate Stanley, who's completing 65% of his, 64% of his passes. Right, and you mentioned this Iowa defense. How do you think they match up with this Michigan offense that has struggled at times? Their, Iowa's defense is really strong. That's one of the reasons why I like the points here because they're holding teams to 251 yards a game, just 3.5 yards per rush average. And, of course, um, you know, you, you look at Michigan's troubles. You know, they faced a, a team like Army at, had, had struggles there winning in overtime. And, of course, Wisconsin ran the ball for 359, 359 yards on them. And I look at Iowa's team – the way they're structured on the offensive line, and they could they could give Michigan some str struggles, some issues there blocking, uh, especially that defensive line from Michigan. I could see Iowa open up some holes, and and, and playing one of those ball control games with low low possession accounts uh, amounts, I should say, and the a game being a little lower scoring. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play the total because it could easily go over 47 and a half. Right, and something for Michigan has been the turnovers. We've seen some really bad fumbles for them. Do you think that's gonna be an issue against Iowa? It could be because, like we said, Iowa is definitely a hard-hitting team, really physical. And my issue here with uh, Michigan is you do look at Michigan's opponent, Shea Patterson, he needs to complete more than 59% of his passes. You know, you know, that's just not accurate enough when you face a team like Iowa. You need to be able to throw to go vertical on them, and I don't think you can do that in this spot. Do you think this line moves any throughout the week? You know, that's a really good question. You know, we've seen it move uh, from open because it, it, was, it, was, it was about one and a half at open. It's moved all the way mm -hmm. to four and a half. And we see it hit to five yesterday, and it came down to four and a half. Um, I think it's going to. I think it will stick around four to four and a half. Anything, I think it'll come down to four. I, I would. I would say there. If you like Iowa, I think you got to play it now. I think people are going to look at this Iowa team and and, and know that they're a little better than, than they look on paper here. They even though uh, their schedule might not be as strong, they did pound Middle Tennessee State at home. But that win at Iowa State really stood out to me. All right, we've got a little extra time to to play with here. Let's talk Monday Night Football. Bengal Steelers, because I know you're always prepared for every game. Tony T is one of the most knowledgeable people we have on the show. He always does his research. Uh, what are your thoughts on this uh, steelers Bengals game? Yeah, this steelers Bengal game is interesting here. Mason Rudolph, I'm a little concerned about his accuracy. And, and you, you look at Andy Dalton, who is a veteran, a grizzled veteran here. I really, I would really look to take the points in this one, uh, plus the three here with Cincinnati Bengals, because I just think the way – uh, the Steelers' secondary has just looked ter terrible this year. Uh, their defense giving up over 400 yards a game. And, you know, it's hard, for, you know, when, when San Francisco, you lose 24-20, you lose and you have like a plus three turnover margin, and you can't, you can't uh, win that game, that, that's troubling to me. So I would definitely look on the Bengals' side. Right, and it's always nice to get some points because, as we've seen, some of these games have been really close. Uh, I think with the quarterback matchup, obviously, I'd take Andy Dalton over Mason Rudolph, but the problem with the Bengals is sometimes that their offense has looked very one-dimensional. They haven't gotten the run game involved quite as much, and that means more pressure on Andy Dalton to produce. It means more pressure on the receivers. Uh, do you see this Bengals offense scoring some points in this one? Yeah, I really think that the Bengals are working on that run on that run offense. So they got players there, Bernard, they got Mixon in the backfield. I think this is the week where they kind of look at themselves, hey, look, we need to establish the run, get the run going so we can actually open up some plays, have a little bit of, of uh, play action work for them. And, uh, you know, they, were, they, 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 they competed in that game against Buffalo last week. We saw them in Seattle compete. And if they put that type of effort, put forth that type of effort, they can, they can come out and at least cover this one. 
sometimes the public perception of the Steelers, they just get some credit just because they're, they're the Steelers. And automatically, it just rings more validation to them. And plus, the Bengals have lost 11 of 12 to the Steelers. Do you think the Steelers get too much credit in this one? I think, you know, when you look at the line here, opening at four and it's come down to three, I think they're getting about as, I think it's, I think the public's right on this. I, I don't, I, I think when you look at this game, if this were held in Cincinnati, we'd look at the Bengals being favored. So I don't, I don't think they're giving the Steelers too much credit here. I think, I think they saw what happened in San Francisco and uh, a little concerned here. They, they got the six, the six and a half did cover, but man, the 49ers had to cough the football away and they gained over 460 yards on that Steelers defense. So uh, I think they looked at that stat line. They're really concerned here about the Steelers. With the exception of that Eagles game, it seems like a lot of the primetime games have hit the under. Uh, would this one be worth a shot looking at the under in this one? Yeah, I, I would definitely lean to the under in this game. I, I really do believe that'll be the case because I just think some, the offenses are not that sharp right now. And I, I think even though we've seen some laxes defensively with both of these teams, I just don't know if Mason Rudolph is accurate enough to really to really put up a lot of points on the board here. And of course, we've seen the Steelers with their issues on the ground. So uh, I, I would I would definitely look here. I think the under could could definitely be in play in this one. Do you think this is a breakout game for either team? Because as we've seen, some of these teams have looked really bad, and then all of a sudden they'll have a good game. We saw it with the Browns. They actually uh, looked good this weekend, even though obviously they have a lot of talent there. Uh, but do you see this being a breakout game for either of these teams? I think more so if the Bengals come out with a win and can get their run game going, I think they can try and salvage a respectable season. But, you know, for the Steelers, you know, winning at home, I don't think that's going to really be a breakout. I, I would think a breakout game would be going on the road and getting a victory. Right. Well, both these teams are winless, so <laughs> there's got to be some tension on both of these sides, especially with the Steelers, I would say, because the expectations in general are a little higher for the Steelers, even though, I mean, they don't have their starting quarterback. But I don't know. Yeah, the, I the, issue gotta... with, the issue here with Rudolph is that a lot of his passes were for four yards or less. He did not throw the ball downfield, you know, and that's the concern here. You're not able to go vertical in this game. Right, and that's something that Big Ben normally does especially well, and that's why their offense uh, has been really explosive in the past. Yeah, they have. And, of course, you know, Mason Rudolph throwing against those Big 12 defenses. Well, it's a little different when you go up against the pros. <laughs> right. Big 12 is not known for their defense. Always good stuff from Tony T. When we get back from the break on Picks and Parlays Radio, a nice little recap of all of today's picks. Stick, stick with us. We'll be back. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all the social media platforms, you know, you can think of. Uh, we had a great show today. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger, in case you forgot. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, at Chelsea Messenger. But yeah, it was a great show today. We had plenty to talk about, including baseball wildcard matchups, and also, you guessed it, football. So right now, let's dive into a recap of all of today's picks. In case you were sleeping on us and you weren't paying attention, we got you covered. Sean Hicks gave us uh, some MLB wildcard picks. Brewers at Nationals. He's taking the Nationals at, uh, I don't think they're plus 115. I believe they're minus 175, uh, if my notes are correct. Rays at A's take the under at 7.5. And, and then moving on to some football. Tony T with some college football picks here. Temple at ECU taking East Carolina plus 12. 
UCF at Cincinnati taking the Bearcats uh, Cincinnati plus five and then we've got Iowa at Michigan taking Iowa the dogs in this one plus four and a half those are picks from the day hopefully some of those are winners some of our handicappers have been really hot lately especially on our rapid fire picks so uh, not to toot our own horn, but some of our guys know what they're talking about. Uh, tomorrow, we've got more baseball. We've got more football. We've got more NFL, college, you name it. All kinds of things to talk about and angles to consider when placing your bets this weekend. Uh, as always, we're here, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern, every weekday if you want to join us. We'll be back tomorrow at the same time, same place on Picks and Parlays Radio. Bet, win, repeat. See you tomorrow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.